0: Hey, what's going on, black people? What's happening? I hope you guys are having a wonderful day. Welcome to TV.com, the home for intelligent black people. Today, I'm going to talk about Steve Harvey. Steve Harvey went on to Club Shay Shay and he said a lot of things. Uh, one thing that he said in particular about women really pissed a lot of brothers off. So I'm going to do a Dr. Boyce breakdown and give you the real deal in terms of the pros and cons of what Steve said and how we might want to process this financial topic as intelligent black people. So get comfortable, buckle up your seatbelt. We're gonna get started on Dr. Boys, TV.com right now.
1: Here we are, clan the isms, cataclysm, great. Our people out here struggling, trying to make it in this state. Everybody out here doing it, but we the ones who late. Now, family, we the ones who gotta delegate. Get that money in the power, never be fake. Stick to coast i for three. What did he say? Uh, create jobs, support. Our Educate the same on buy back your home. Got three degrees, triple 10. Three PhDs, now we're on the CNN. DBTV, let's talk about negligence. Ignorance is blissful, we can turn into intelligence. Please, none of what you hear, half of what you see. Let's break it down here on Dr. Boyce TV. What's going on? Welcome,
0: everybody. Welcome, welcome, welcome to TV.com, the home for intelligent black people. My name is Dr. Boyce Watkins, and I want to say hello to everybody. Shout out your city. Let me know what city you're from. Uh, I will shout your city back. If I see it, I see Devon out of Oakland. Uh, Brain on Black out of Pensacola. Uh, what's up, Sean, out of Detroit? What's going on, brother? Good to see you. Orlando Smith out of Riverview, Florida. Uh, somebody asked me, what's the name of the female rapper I mentioned with D1? That is Akilah Honda Akilah Honda is one of the baddest rappers since Biggie. Since Biggie and Pop, if you have not heard about Akila Nehunda, you must go check out Akilah Nihunda. She's one of my favorite artists. Uh, and In fact, she's having some meetings with some executives now, so I'm kind of happy to see that. I like it when, when B1 people are succeeding and winning. Uh, hey, what's going on? Uh, Chicago? Uh, George, is that Gigi Jones out of Chicago? Uh, Rap 369 out of Atlanta. Menotti out of Brooklyn. Good to see you. Uh, Natalie out of New York. Uh, Cindy Waldorf, Maryland. Good to see you. Simply Red out of New Orleans. Uh, Real good vibes. I see you. I didn't see what city you're from, but I saw you out of Saint. louis that's what's up oh and verona out of dallas i will be in dallas may 19th Uh, uh yeah so in a couple of weeks i'll be in dallas doing a two-day Black Wealth training camp. So uh, if you want to join us, feel free to join us. I'm going to do a deep dive analysis on my new book. It's called The Ten Commandments of Black Economic Power. It is a best seller on Amazon. I'm super proud of it because it's something that we came up with. You know, we create our own publishing companies. We don't lean on white folks. We create our own film distribution companies. We don't need Hollywood. We got B1 the movie coming out. B1 the movie will be seen by at least a million people, and this is out of your community. You built this. Y'all built this. I had a meeting with Rick Mathis in Atlanta and the film is great. Uh we put out some clips and y'all loved it. And I'm telling you this movie is so good. I went to Atlanta. I've also met up with uh Jay Morrison and some other people that uh that are in the Riza Islam's in the film Nuri Muhammad uh let's see Dr. Alicia's in there. There's so many great people Vicky Diller just so many really great people because remember in our space We've got our own movie stars. In our space, we have our own version of Brad Pitt. We have our own version of Leonardo DiCaprio. And no disrespect to those other folks, to the mainstreamers, to the Tyler Perrys or whatever. No disrespect to them, but we're not trying to be mainstream. We're trying to dig, dig our own stream. We are trying to be the real stream, right? Because uh, unfortunately, we know how media operates. Media does not represent black people in an appropriate way. So it's very important that we develop the industry that is going to represent us, period. All right. So anyway, let's move on. Let's hop in. Uh, how many of you, give me a yes or no, if you happen to see the clip. I shared the clip on my Instagram. My Instagram is the real Voice Watkins. I'll put it on the screen if you want to go check it out. Uh, how many of you saw that clip from Steve Harvey's appearance on, on uh, Club Shay Shay? Did anybody see that? Did anybody see Steve Harvey on uh, uh, Shannon Sharpe show where he went in and he he just gave kind of a very well rounded interview? He talked about a lot of things and uh, and he said one particular thing that seemed to piss a lot of brothers off. He said one particular thing about relationships and I, and I can't I'm not gonna play the clip because I'm trying to deal with YouTube and copyrights and all that. But I did put it on my Instagram. If you want to see us on my Instagram my Instagram is Real Boys Watkins. I will summarize hopefully appropriately what Steve basically said. So Steve was basically saying, you know, what's up with these young boys? What's up with these young boys asking, uh, what is she bringing to the table? What is she bringing to the table? What are you talking about? What she bringing to the table? She's bringing the ability to create another you to the table. So that's all she needs. She don't need to bring nothing else to the table. And then he says, it is a man's job to take care of a woman, right? That is your job to provide for your women and your children. It is not her job. She ain't got to bring nothing to the table except for her ability to reproduce. Now, I'd be curious to know, how did y'all feel about that? Uh, Maybe give me a word or two and let me know what you thought about that particular statement. I mean, Steve was really adamant about it. Um, I, I, I heard what he was saying. You know, it seemed like the interview was well-rounded, like they were doing exactly what I think older black men should do, which is, you know, giving their advice from their perspective, from their generation, so that younger guys can hear these things. I think that's what the OGs are supposed to do. I consider myself in that group. Uh, as you know, a lot of young guys don't have the guidance that they need. They're getting guidance from rappers and stuff, right? All right, so, so okay, so let's see here. Uh, my name is Corey, says, bringing to the table is more than just financial. Uh, Mr. Anderson says, bull snit. I'm not going, I, I'm trying not to cuss, man. So you see, so you got me up here, like, breaking my promise. Uh, how about she can't reproduce? Oh, that's, ooh. What if she's past the age of having children? Depends on your financial circumstances and personal beliefs. Uh, Norlisa says not really feeling that statement. Uh, it has to be balanced. What Steve says is biblical, says my girl, Micah. Okay. All right, Micah, my girl, Micah, thank you so much for that comment. All right, so, you know, here's the thing. I saw this comment and I thought about it. I thought I saw it about a week four or five days ago and I thought about it and I said I really like to talk about it but I need to process exactly what how how I feel about it and understand all the the different perspectives on this. Um the first thing I'm going to say is you got to remember how old is Steve Harvey? Does anybody know how old Steve Harvey is? I don't even remember how old Steve Harvey. I'm going to guess about 63. So let's see, how old is Steve? Harvey 66 66 66 66 years old. Did y'all know that? Did y'all know he was 66? So Steve Harvey, you know, he's not um you know, some would say he's got fewer years in front of him than behind him. And he would probably agree with this, right? You know, he's he's a pro he's he's walking up on 70, healthy for 66. He's he seems to be doing all right. Um and uh and you know, so so he's going to have a point of view that some people may not understand. Remember, you're talking about a man, if he's 66, what does that mean? He's born, what, 1956, something like that, approximately? So this is a man who was born in the 1950s, came of age in the 1960s, um, really be, like went to college in the early 1970s, not even in the like, late 1970s, it was the early 70s, right? and then began his career in comedy, I think late 70s, early 80s. So he's got a different point of view. Now, here's the thing. Now, somebody says he's out of touch. Now, here's the thing. When you have a different perspective, that does mean that he could be out of touch with certain things, right? There are certain things that a young person could do that he may not understand. He may he is out of touch with some things, but the other thing, too, is that he also, uh, by having that gift of wisdom, may be in touch with some things that you may want to try to understand, too. Right, I, I think that older people can learn from younger people, younger people can learn from older people. If you're young and you think you know everything, I encourage you to reconsider that position because unfortunately, you're gonna end up looking stupid. You might know a guy named Dylan? Um, what's that guy's name? The place for the uh. Uh, plays for the Grizzlies. Dylan, Dylan, not Dylan Reed. That's the guy who shot up the church. Dylan something. He's about as dumb as him. Uh, Dil- Dylan something. I can't remember his name. The basketball player. Give me his name, please. But Dylan, he was talking smack about LeBron James and, and said, Oh, he's old. And if you ain't dropped 40, you ain't doing it. And, and, and Dylan Brooks, thank you. And what did LeBron do? LeBron took him out to back behind the barn and smacked that ass like he was a four-year-old and let him know like look you might want to disrespect the people that came before you because you think that you the hottest greatest newest whatever but I've been there done that right Dylan Brooks don't know nothing about uh winning championships Dylan Brooks don't know nothing about being an MVP Dylan Brooks don't know nothing about uh handling different got different defensive schemes and, and and playing at the highest level. Dylan Brooks is a kid, right? So so as a kid, I think that he uh he, he embarrassed himself by assuming that he knows more than he does. He got put back in his place. And in fact, he was so embarrassed after the game, he couldn't even talk to the press. That's how humiliated he was because he didn't understand that older people know things that you may not understand for another 15 or 20 years, right? So you gotta at least acknowledge some of that as you're kind of processing how to look at what Steve said. Now, here's the other side of it. I've been watching Steve for a long time and I don't agree with a lot of things he says, to be honest with you. Um, I still remember Steve Harvey was on a show uh, where he um, was he, it was the show that he did Sherry Shepard was on the show. I interviewed Sherry Shepard once I never I never met Steve. Uh, I know people that know him but I never met him and, uh, and it was, and let me tell you what this show was about. this was a uh, white people TV like because they're real good at, they're like white people really like them like they're in that white people world I'm not in that world. Um, and they were on ABC. And let me tell y'all what the topic of the show was. Some of y'all might even remember it because it was a big thing. It was literally something like, why are there no good black men out there? Or why can't you find a good black man? It was something like that, right? It was something to the effect of black men ain't shit. Let's just call it that black men ain't spit. Like I'm trying not to cuss. Black men ain't spit. That's what the show might as well have been called because literally it was Steve and I heard Sherry and a couple other panelists blaming all their relationship problems on Black men. Black men can't do this. Black men don't want to do that. Black men ain't ready for this. Black men ain't capable of doing that, right? Literally, and, and here's the thing. If you know anything about Sherry Shepard, if you know, like I know where some of the bodies are buried because I'm not a kid, right? And uh, and if you know anything about Sherry Shepard's relationships, you will know that Sherry Shepard's relationships have been a complete doo-doo show. Like her relationships have been Absolutely horrible. Like, does anybody know? Like, I think that she literally—I kid you not—I'm not, not making—I'm not making. Look it up. You gotta look at the details. I believe she got with a man, paid a lady to be the surrogate mother of their child, divorced the man, and then wanted to abandon the baby. Like, it was the craziest thing I've ever seen. So, so here's about here's my issue, right? And this is getting back to Steve. I promise you, it's getting back to Steve because I think it's a balanced thing. I think you should listen to him, but I think you should also listen to everybody, right? Um Sherry Shepard is not exactly a person who needs to be sitting around talking about what's wrong with men and that's something that I see on a regular basis. I think that when you look at the reaction that so many men had, I didn't agree with everything the late Kevin Samuel said, but I understood why so many young men were listening to him and I think that it's because they were tired of being disrespected. I think they're tired of being told that that the relationship issues are your fault. Uh, that you that your wife divorced you and or broke up with you and took your children because you didn't want to act right or whatever right they're tired of that they just don't want to hear it no more right so so I think that this it's created like a type of radicalism that happens when you oppress a group of people so um when I think about that show and I think about Steve you know in the Strawberry Letters anybody remember the Strawberry Letters which basically were kind of pandering to women. I mean, really, if you look at demographic studies in terms of business, Steve is a great businessman. He knows how to make money. One thing about business that people know, even Nielsen, even white people know this. They put this in their reports. Black women are the number one most highly sought after consumer group in America. They're the most lucrative consumer group in existence because they have more disposable income. Uh, because they're so educated and they have great jobs. You know, white people, will, a white man will hire a black woman before he'll hire your black ass, black man. So you better learn how to start your own business. That's just honestly not true. Um, and and uh, they also are very, a very intelligent demographic. They're extremely loyal. So Steve Harvey and Think Like a Man, Strawberry Letters, all that was really geared to cater to women. I don't really think that he was he's necessarily in a position to uh, express the frustrations that many men are feeling in the in their relationships. Now, um, now let, let me give you a little more nuance on this. Before I do this, I hope you'll allow me to pay some bills on this platform because we ain't got white corporate sponsors paying for nothing over here. So so we we have uh but we have black owned businesses that have our back. Milesaheadink.com a uh, milesaheadink.com is the black owned business that is sponsoring this particular podcast and the sister's name is Jennifer Lewis And uh, I hope you'll go visit her website, milesaheadinc.com. It looks like it's a site that's all about uh, the music. Uh, It's called Miles Ahead Music Incorporated, right? So if you're into the music industry or into music, uh, check out milesaheadinc.com. If you'd like to sponsor a podcast, just go to drboysfinance.com. Michael will take good care of you. All right, so now we got that done. Let's get back to it. Okay, so with Steve, I I think that this whole idea that a man's job is to financially support a woman. I'm going to put on my finance professor hat now. I I literally have a hat. I have a hat that says black finance professor. So I could put it on. See, so it says it on there. So I'm going to put on my black finance professor hat for a minute and then I'm going to take it off because I, I don't want to wear a hat right now. Um, You know, the thing is that money is just a complicated topic in relationships, particularly in black relationships. Uh, the first thing I'll tell you is that I don't believe that there's a one size fits all for any of this. Uh, how you view your role as the provider or the non-provider is heavily dependent on your financial situation. Uh, also, even Steve, you know, remember Steve's 66 years old, so he comes from a different generation. Uh, not only were the values different, but the men were different and the women were different. And so, so when you're 66 and you're talking to a 26-year-old, You're 66, you got a 50 million in the bank. You're talking to a 26 year old who's got $50 in the bank. You're 66 and you're used to dealing with women who who approach things in a certain way. And he's 26 and he's dealing with only God knows what. He's dealing with a girl who looks up to Cardi B, right? So it's a different dynamic. It's a different dating world for these two men. And, and, And even in my own life, I can tell you that the way I approached providing changed based on my income level. When I had money, when I was making lots of money, I didn't care who paid the bills. Yeah, I'll pay for everything. I don't care. Just don't bother. Just don't get on my nerves. Let me do Let me do what I got to do and just be supportive and be kind and be cute and all that, right? My wife isn't, you know, she's. that's not the role she takes, right? She's a professional. She's a professor and all that other stuff. But literally, if I did have a woman next to me who wasn't doing much of anything and wasn't paying any bills, I would not care because it doesn't mean I don't care about picking up the tab at Red Lobster. It's. It's not what it was when I was 26. But when I was 25, let me tell you a true story. I went on a date with this girl, fine as wine. You know, you know how black women just so delicious and whatever. Like that, black women y'all just got stuff that ain't, that white women ain't got. I ain't never dated a white woman, never dated Asian, none of that. Black. She's a beautiful black woman from the south, and we went on this date, and we went to uh, see a movie. We went to see Titanic. That's how long ago it was. So when we went to this, to the movie theater, she kept talking about how hungry she was. She was a black girl from Alabama. So I think the Alabama girls like to eat. They eat that Southern soulful, right? So she was, she's complaining about how hungry she was. So I said, okay, when well, you know, when we go to the movie, get whatever you want. Just get whatever you want. Why did I say that? This girl was like, I want popcorn, Twizzlers, a hot dog, a pretzel, a large slushy, a small Coke, Uh, some french fries this girl ordered sixty dollars worth of stuff at the concession stand and i'm sitting here i'm a grad student at this time um driving a hoopty i didn't have that kind of money and i remember thinking Lord Jesus, I don't know if I'm gonna make it through this date. I did not even care how good looking she was at that point, because I was trying to figure out if I could finish paying, because I still got to take her to dinner. Oh, hungry ass! And let me tell you what this trifling lady did. I swear to God, I'm making. If I sound like I'm triggered, it's because I am. Because this is a type of BS that that gets on a that will get on a man's nerves. So we go out to eat afterward, right? So I already spent sixty on the concession stand, plus another thirty or whatever on the tickets, twenty whatever the tickets cost, and then we went to eat pizza. So. I swear to God. So we get there and it's Uno's. Uno's is like fancy pizza. She orders this big old large pizza. And then she grabs one slice, takes one bite and puts it down. And then it's just sitting there. And I said, you spent the whole night telling me how hungry you were. That's all you're going to eat. And let me tell you what she said. She said, oh, I'm going to take it home she literally said i was and i'm like wait you're taking you're planning to take the pizza i paid for you're planning you already decided all this that you're gonna take it home didn't ask me if i wanted even one slice of the pizza i just paid for i mean this is crazy right and, and so needless to say i never went out with this girl again uh if i saw her on the street today i probably throw a rock at her head and the, the reality is like, you know, when, when the reason a lot of this bothered me was because my money was hard to come by. I didn't, I was broke, you know? So when you're broke, dating feels different than when you're, when you got money, you know? And, and so, so when I was broke, you know, what would have, what I really would have appreciated a whole lot more than, than some girl with a big booty who was going to like take all my, all my stuff would have been like a nice girl who, um, Maybe she can still have a big booty if she wants to. Booties are nice, nothing wrong with that. And, but also kind of who just understood where I was at in life and was interested in me enough to help support both of us getting to the next level in life. And, or who says, you know, um, I know it's going to cost a lot of money um, and uh, and I'm going to come, I'm going to bring 30, I'm going to bring $25, you bring $25. Let's do this together. I think that would have appealed to me a lot more back then. Now, I'm gonna tell you the truth. Now that doesn't that doesn't matter to me. By the time I was dating my wife, I had, you know, plenty of money in my 401k. I owned I own hundreds of stock in hundreds of companies. I'm okay financially. So I didn't really think about who was gonna pay for the date because I was at a different financial stage in my life. So I so I really think that when you talk about this whole concept of what should somebody bring to the table, I think you want to think in terms of a concept from mathematics called complementarity complementarity all it means is that you, you want somebody to bring to the table whatever you need if you need somebody to help pay some bills then they need to you need to pick somebody that can help you pay some bills but if the bills are paid and you just need somebody to keep you company then that's what they might bring to the table or if you need a little sex or a little happiness or a little fun that's what they should bring to the table so that's what that's what i would say i don't think there's any verse any universal solution i don't think there's any universally correct answer to that question like what what should she bring to the table shouldn't she bring to the table you know i think that when steve talks about women only uh being expected to show up and be cute and have your kids um i think he's talking about women from his generation who had a different kind of respect and reverence for men that some young women don't really have uh you know a, a young woman who never even had a daddy to look up to who who hates her daddy Um, is not really going to know what is required in terms of fitting into that traditional female role unless she specifically and intentionally goes and learns how to be that kind of a woman for a man. And then even then, though, the question I would ask men is, if you meet a woman who steps into that role, are you prepared to be the kind of man that she needs you to be? Uh, And I know a lot of guys who don't understand how to do it don't want to do it don't understand the amount of work that's required they'll expect women to uh you know submit and all this other crap that people talk about but the thing is have are you really earning the things that you're asking for you know you're asking to be the king of the household but are you behaving like a king or are you behaving like a child uh, if you're a child who wants to be a king uh, that doesn't make any sense. Let me give you a real life example. I had a friend who converted to Islam. Uh, he went to the Middle East. He learned Arabic. He was super smart. And he came back and told me that he was Muslim now and because uh, he was Christian a couple months earlier. And he was a Muslim now. And he said, guess what? You know, as a Muslim, I can marry as many women as I want. And they they and when I want to have sex, they have to have sex with me whenever I want to. And he's literally and all he kept telling me over and over, this is when I was like 25, and I'm listening, I'm like, wow, you're a Muslim now. Okay, all right, okay, no problem. Uh and, and and he's telling me that literally all he kept talking about was the sex. That's all he kept talking about. It's like oh well you know they they if you want to sleep with them they got to do it they they can't say no that's according to wh- whoever taught him whatever he was supposed to and i remember thinking that's all that that's all that you're thinking about like there's nothing else there's no other amount of accountability that you're considering in your role as a man other than the fact that you're talking about what she's supposed to do and and i really think that that's uh, part of the issue i think that when people are talking about what somebody needs to bring to the table. I don't know if people spend enough time thinking about what they're actually bringing to the table. And that's when you get all the criticism. That's when you get stupid conversations like, oh, you're a simp and blah, 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 blah. That that term simp is stupid. It's overused. Only simps use that term anyway. Uh, I think overall, it's like, look, just find something that complements you. Find something that works for you. And when you're talking about something like money, It just depends on how you view money, where you are financially, how much money you have. Uh, I think it's perfectly reasonable for a man to say, "Look, I'll go along with the whole modern woman agenda," like because that's the thing; it's 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 confusing for people, right? It's you know, men too. I, I think men don't know, like, okay, if I if I open the door for you. Is that going to offend you? If I, you know, if I try to exert myself as a man in a certain way, is that going to be a problem? Or are you waiting for me to do that? Right? So men get confused and they go back and forth and they don't know what to do. So I really think that communication is really important in terms of laying out the expectations. And then uh, really, before you even lay the expectations out to your partner, you got to lay it out for yourself what do I expect to bring to the table? And what do I expect my potential partner to bring to the table? So I don't think there's anything wrong with what Steve said. I think what Steve was describing was his relationship with Margie. Uh, And remember, these are two people that have $100 million in assets, I'm sure, by now. They have so much freaking money. So of course Steve is going to say, yeah, you're supposed to take care of your woman because that's easy for him. But if you're a guy that doesn't have a lot of money, um, you know I personally think black women make amazing life partners uh if you can accept the fact that she's going to show up maybe with some um she's going to show up with some strength that may come with some baggage because she had to go through a lot in order to become that strong give me a yes if you understand what i'm saying i think black women go through so much you know i mean i just i just think about a family i know where uh, where there, I know a real strong black woman who can do anything, conquer anything, lift any, you know, li- lift, lift a, a car with her bare hands, you know, just whatever, right? Like I'm talking, just figuratively speaking, like the strongest woman I know. And when she tells me her story, I get sad. And it's intergenerational curses. It's like, oh well, my daddy was on crack. My granddaddy killed himself when my mother was 12. You know, it's like the most horrible shit, right? So, so what happens is that. Um, just to adapt to that rough environment, the women come built different. You know, and I think that as men, I think it's very important for you to just try to understand that. And and of course it means we all need some therapy, right? It, I mean therapy, I'm telling y'all therapy really works. Y'all gotta do it. And uh and, and so you don't sort of overdo it. And if you find somebody that really loves you and you love them, then you figure out how to navigate it. You know, like there's no don't go to the internet to ever find rules for your relationship because the internet's full of a bunch of weird dysfunctional people who sit and yell at the screen all day, who have horrible relationships, who don't know what the hell they're talking about. Seriously. I I know some of these internet influencers, Uh, some of them who have, I'm talking about people with a hundred thousand followers. Some of them, I gave them their first start. I, I put them out there. And then when I got to know them, I saw that their lives were so dysfunctional. There's one lady who says the most horrible things about black men. And and what people don't know is that she had a father who used drugs in front of her. So her hatred for black men goes all the way back to her daddy. But because she's never ever dealt with that, she just spews it out into the world and blames every problem she has on black men. Obviously, a woman like that ain't ready for a relationship. But there are some really good people out there. I think there's some really good people who want to have non-traditional relationships. Like I think there's some really great men who maybe don't have enough money to provide and pay for everything but they would still be great men right i know a lot of men that have lots of money who are terrible men uh, same thing i know lots of great women who will help come pay some bills and, and whatever but they're gonna come they're gonna come in a non-traditional sort of framework right so so i really just kind of think that we have to sort of give ourselves grace and give each other enough grace to try to understand what's really going on instead of constantly judging and constantly attacking and constantly blaming other people and, and name calling and all sort of stuff so so I, I think that what Steve said I don't I can't say I agree with everything. Um, I just think that from Steve's perspective, his approach makes perfect sense for him. Okay, so um, anyway, before I head out, I want to remind everybody, I'll be in Dallas next week uh, on the 19th. We're going to do a two-day Black Wealth Boot Camp. We're going to cover my new book, The Ten Commandments of Black Economic Power. Uh, also, I let me see. I, I I put together some stocks that I like uh, for this one. There was one stock that I was that I was going to buy um I don't know, uh, Sasha, so I, I want to share this with you so you can go make some money. Um, or two things. One is I, I'm going to buy shares in Eli Lilly. Um, Eli Lilly is a stock I want to own because <laughs> because I was reading about uh, the obesity trend in America. Um, basically because all the Americans are getting fat. There's like so much money they're going to make. They have this obesity drug that's predicted to make $100 million in the year 2035. Like literally insane amounts of money. And they said that it's because basically they see a huge amount of profit coming from managing the fact that americans are like eating all this food that's like making us fat and killing us so uh if you want to fight against that i encourage you to be thoughtful about that and exercise and all that but uh but either way though as an investor i think eli Lilly is a good investment and then also bitcoin um bitcoin has actually gone up for the fourth month in a row bitcoin has not done that for uh i want to say maybe like two or three years or something and the last time bitcoin went up for four months in a row It actually went up like 120% over the next year, year and a half. So uh, I've been buying Bitcoin consistently. I've mentioned to you guys that I think Bitcoin is one of the cryptos that is going to survive the winter and actually do well once the economy recovers. The Federal Reserve is going to stop hiking interest rates soon which is a time uh, where I think that the, uh, the, the market's going to kind of shoot up like crazy. So uh, it's n- nothing's for certain. Nothing's for sure. This is just my speculations. This is what I'm investing on. But I wanted to share that with you in case you wanted to jump in. Now, somebody said, do I place bets on boxing? No, I don't. I don't really follow uh, boxing like that. Do I have moderators? Um, I have a couple, but not many. Um, let's see. I want to learn about buying stocks. Well, just go to boyswalkings.com and feel free to do a, a free trial in my stock market investing class. I also have a training on my website called how to make money without working. And that's all about stock options. So uh, feel free to go to boyswalkings.com. And we also, if you want to get your kids involved in investing, which I highly recommend, uh, go to boyswalkins.com I have some financial flashcards for kids, financial workbooks, all that stuff is on my site. All right, guys. So, um, thanks again to, uh, to our sponsor for today's podcast. Uh, the sister at milesaheadinc.com. Thank you so much uh, for uh, supporting the platform. And if you want to, uh, if you have a black owned business, you want me to shout you out, just go to drboysfinance.com. All right, guys. So I'm going to take on out. I'm going to head on out of here. I hope you guys have a good night. God bless you. And thank you for listening. I'll see you soon.
1: Peace. Here we are. isms, cataclysm. Great. Our people out here struggling, trying to make it in this state. Everybody out here doing it, but we the ones who late. Not family, we the ones who gotta delegate. Get that money in the power, never be fake. Stick the coastline for three. What did he say? Uh, create jobs, support our own, educate the same, and buy back your home. Got three degrees. Triple ten, three PhDs, now we're on the CNN. DBTV, let's talk about negligence. Ignorance is bliss, but we can turn it intelligence. Please, none of what you hear, half of what you see. Let's break it down, Get unlocked, the on Dr. voice TV.